We're in this summer series on the book of Joshua, and the last time we were looking in Joshua a couple of weeks ago, we looked at chapter 6, which is that famous chapter about the battle of Jericho. I'd like for you to open your Bibles to that chapter one more time, Joshua chapter 6. This morning we're going to finish the story of the battle of Jericho, because it really is an amazing story of what God did at Jericho. In the midst of all the carnage and all the chaos of the battle, God did something amazing. God spared one household because of their faith in Him. And it wasn't just any household. So I want to give you the backstory to this story. Joshua chapter 6 is where we're going to land in just a moment, but I want to give you the backstory basically that's based on the material that we read in chapter 2. Before the battle of Jericho, Joshua sent two spies into Jericho on a recon mission. And according to Joshua chapter 2, they end up at Rahab, the prostitute's house. Which raises the question, what are they doing there? And tonight we're going to dig into that. We, on Sunday nights we're going a little deeper in Joshua, so that's what we're going to be talking about Sunday, uh, tonight. So I'm not going to get into that, but it's, it is a very intriguing story we're going to be looking at tonight. But they end up at Rahab the harlot's house in Jericho. And as you read the story in chapter 2, Rahab risked her own life to save the lives of those two spies. And in the process, she also declared her faith in the God of Israel. Before leaving, those two spies, before leaving her home, they instructed Rahab to tie a scarlet rope on the window of her home that was hanging down over the wall of the city. That way, when they came to attack the city of Jericho, they would know to spare everyone that was living in that home. And so that's where we pick up the story. That's the background, if you will, to what we're going to read now in chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6, picking up the story of the battle of Jericho. We begin reading in verse 20. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted, and the sound of the trumpet, when the, let me try that again. When the trumpet sounded, the people shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the people gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So every man charged straight in and took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep and donkeys. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, and brothers, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. And they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. Now watch verse 25 carefully. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her, because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. There in the middle of the ruins of Jericho, God demonstrated unexpected grace. I want you to hear that one more time. There in the ruins of Jericho, 
God demonstrated unexpected grace. The least likely person in the city to turn to God, turned to God. The grace of God became evident in a surprising place. The the grace of God became evident in a place where you would not expect God to show up. I saw a t-shirt some time ago that said, Labeled jars, not people. But we do that, don't we? We love our labels. And we label people as black or white, or as rich or poor, conservative or liberal, or in today's time we label them as vaxxer or anti-vaxxer, maskers or anti-maskers. I mean, we just use a lot of labels in our society today. And when you label someone, you put that person in a group of people who have the same label. We group people based on the labels that they have. And the problem is that we get to the point where we don't see the individual anymore, we just see the label. Rahab had a label. It's listed for us in verse 25. But Joshua spared Rahab. It doesn't just say Rahab. It says Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute. That was her label. You see, before the people of Israel showed up at her door, Rahab weared or wore a label in her town. Her neighbors, her customers, even her family, they knew the label and they knew what it meant. And the problem with labels is that labels tend to limit. They limit our belief that a person can change. They limit our belief that the person can overcome whatever label they have. And oh, by the way, the worst labels of all are the labels that we put on ourselves. Labels are tags that sometimes we attach to ourselves to describe the person that we think we are. We can attach all kinds of labels to ourselves to describe the person we think we are. And I've learned from experience, I've learned from pastoring that those labels, especially the labels we put on ourselves, those labels are hard to remove. They stick in our heads. And sometimes they stick with us for a lifetime. In fact, your label may cause you to hesitate in turning to God. Because of the label that somebody put on you or the label you've put on yourself, it may cause you to hesitate that God would want to have anything to do with someone like you. But your label doesn't have to keep you from turning to God. The story of Rahab shows us that. The the story of Rahab shows us what can happen with God's unexpected grace. So there's two powerful stories in this story of Rahab, or two powerful lessons in the story of Rahab that I want to show you today. It's all based on Joshua chapter 6 and this encounter that Rahab had with God's unexpected grace. Here's the first lesson from her life story. Lesson number one is this, your label is not an obstacle for God. I want you to read verse 25 carefully. We're going to dig into that tonight. I'll say that a couple of times because I really want to encourage you to be back tonight. It's going to be so, uh, so much uh, material we're going to dig into and have fun with. But I want you to read verse 25. I want you to read it carefully. And I want you to answer this question. Why was Rahab spared? Verse 25 says this. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because... 
Here's the answer. Because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. She was spared, the Bible says, because she hid the spies. Because she risked her life to spare their lives. She hid the spies. And it's interesting that when the spies in turn offered to help her, they said nothing about her lifestyle. When the spies in turn offered to help her, uh, they didn't say anything to her about abandoning her trade. They didn't say anything to her about changing her life so that she could come out of this place and be a different... They didn't talk about those kind of things at all. Now let me be clear about something. She did change. But be sure you understand the order of events. She declared her faith in God and then God changed her life. We sometimes get that backwards. We think we have to change our lives before we can declare our faith in God. And nothing further could be from the truth. It's not this idea that, man, i got to change my life and then I can turn to God. No, what we learn from Rahab is you turn to God in faith and He will change your life. That's what Rahab did. There was nothing that the spy said, okay, here, here's a checklist. You, you, you do these three or four or five things here and it'll get your heart right, it'll get your life right. You stop this and stop this and stop this and start this and start this and start this. Then you can come be one of us. That is not what they said. Rahab declared her faith in God, and God changed her life. You see, if you, if you had to do it this way, if you had to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to change my life, then I'm going to declare my faith in God, if that were the case, then your salvation would depend upon you. Salvation depends on God doing something for you. So in chapter 2, Rahab acknowledges that Israel's God was the one true God. And because she acknowledged that Israel's God was one true God, she was motivated to hide them and to help them uh, through this time. And that one decision, that one moment, changed the direction and the destiny of her life. You see, here's what I'm trying to help you understand. Rahab's label was not an obstacle to God. And neither is yours. Now the reality of your sin may be ever before you. And maybe the embarrassment of the way you lived your life may be hanging over your head. But it is, an, it is not an obstacle to God's grace. Everyone is invited to come to God. And everyone is invited to come the same way. We all come to a holy God needing His unexpected grace. That's why Ephesians 2 states this. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved. For it is by what God has done. God's approach to you. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. And so here's what I want you to hear today. Those watching online, here's what I want you to hear today. You are invited to come to God just as you are, label and all. You're invited to come to God and have a relationship with Him that you do not deserve, but it is a relationship that He makes available. Grace doesn't require people with embarrassing labels to shed those labels before they come to God. Grace says God will embrace you with your embarrassing label. Now, here's the cool thing. When God embraces you with your embarrassing label, He doesn't leave you there. 
changes you as he embraces you. I want to show you this in Scripture. Would you go with me? Put your finger there in Joshua 6. We'll come back. Go over to the right to the New Testament. I want you to see 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to read verses 9 through 11. Apostle Paul is writing, he says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? We don't have any problem with that verse understanding it, right? We understand that makes sense. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? God is a holy God. God is a righteous God. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? We, we would all say, yes, that makes sense. Then he goes on to give some examples. Do not be deceived. Don't be fooled. Then he starts listing people. And I want you to notice as he's listing them, he's basically putting labels on them. He says, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And then he says in verse 11, and that is what some of you were. That was the label you used to have. That was the lifestyle you used to live. That was the thing you used to be known for. That's what some of you were. But, in contrast to that label, in contrast to that lifestyle, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Do you understand what he says here? He says, that used to be who you were, that was the label that you wore, but now you have been given a new label. Your label now says washed. Your label now says sanctified. Your label now says justified. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is God's unexpected grace. That He does not leave you where you are. He embraces who you are and where you are, but He does not leave you there. God in His unexpected grace wants to change your life. And the label that you wear, whatever it is, is not an obstacle to God's grace. And the story of Rahab is the story of God's grace. It's a story of how God's grace works. That God does the unexpected in unexpected places. Here's a second lesson. From Rahab's story, God's grace can give you a completely new life. That's what happened to Rahab. She lost her label and she found a new life. I want you to go back with me to Joshua chapter 6 again. I want to read verse 25 again, except I'm going to ask you to mark something there in verse 25. The last half of the verse or the last section of the verse, verse 25 but Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And then, notice the last part of that verse. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Don't rush past that last line. It is an incredible moment. The author, writing some years later, but before Rahab's death, concluded this account of her life with this remarkable sentence. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. 
a Canaanite prostitute who otherwise would have been stoned under the law of Moses became an adopted member of God's family and became an heir to Abraham's promised land. And when the author wrote this letter, he says, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. Now, you and I reading this might say, well, someone like that doesn't deserve that, and you and I would be right. But to say that someone deserves grace is a contradiction in terms, isn't it? Grace is unmerited. Grace is unearned. Grace is unexpected. The irony is, the only way that you get grace is to acknowledge that you don't deserve it. It's unexpected grace. But here's the thing I want you to remember about Rahab, and maybe it's true of you as well. God's grace is more powerful than your label. God's grace is more powerful than your label. No one is beyond the reach of God's grace. Someone put it this way. He said, God does not consult your past to determine your future. You see, Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for all of your past. To pay the penalty for all of your sins. Or can I say it to you this way? Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for everything your label represents. All the sin your label represents. God's grace understands all that you've done. Everywhere that you've been. He understands who you are. God in His grace knows you. But watch this. God in His grace welcomes you. In some ways, Rahab's story is our story too. We've all lived a sinful lifestyle that falls short of God's holiness. Some have lived more sinful than others, but we have all lived a sinful lifestyle that falls short of God's holiness. Our stories, of course, are different, but we all have a sinful past that we cannot undo. We all have a sinful past that we cannot outrun. You don't have to be what you've always been. You can actually be different. Your life can change. And Rahab shows us that. But how does our life change? Well, if you put your finger there in Joshua 6, go back a few chapters to chapter 2, I want to show you the moment that Rahab's life changed. We have recorded in Scripture for us the moment that she lost her label. The moment. Her life changed. Joshua chapter 2. Let's start at verse 10 and then we'll go to our key verse, verse 11. You've heard how the Lord dried up the water. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. Uh, Rahab is speaking to the spies here to give you the context. She's speaking to the two spies. She said, we've heard. We've heard all that God's done. We've heard how... The Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to Shihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. And then watch verse 11, what she says. When we heard of it, our hearts melted. That is, our hearts melted with fear. Because we heard about what your God had been doing. And everyone's courage failed because of you. Then I have this underlined in my Bible. For the Lord your God... Is God in heaven above and on the earth below. 
And that was the moment. That was the moment when she turned away from the little g gods of Canaan. And she put her faith in the one true God of Israel. Ahab, or Rahab declared her faith in the one true God of Israel. And that was the moment her life changed. And by the way, that can be the moment your life changes too. See, Rahab is a wonderful illustration of what we read in Romans chapter 1. Go over with me to the New Testament if you would for a moment. Romans chapter 1. Verses 16 and 17. It's a powerful message in that passage that illustrates really the life of Rahab and how she came to faith in Christ. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 says this. Paul is writing, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of... What's that next word? Everyone. You might want to write the name Rahab in the column of your Bible there beside that or above the word everyone. She's a perfect example of what we're reading about in this text. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone. Even someone like Rahab. It is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who... What's that that next? Everyone who does what? Believes. For everyone who believes, not everyone who gets their life together, not everyone who kind of straightens up and straightens out before they come to God, but everyone who believes, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. Watch this, for in the gospel or the good news, watch this, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith. From first to last, as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Now, there's two phrases here I don't want you to miss. We'll take just a moment and look at these two phrases. First of all, he talks about a righteousness that comes from God. You cannot understand the story of Rahab until you understand there is a righteousness that comes from God. And the Bible says there is also a righteousness that is by faith. A woman who lived the lifestyle that Rahab lived might not seem like a very good candidate for salvation. A woman who lived the lifestyle that she lived may not seem like a good candidate to turn to God. And you would be right if it all depended on her righteousness. But there is a righteousness that comes from God. It is, a right, it is not a righteousness that comes from within. It is not the righteousness of Rahab that made the difference. There is a righteousness that comes from God. And it is a righteousness we receive from Him by faith. And that's why it says at the end of the verse 17, the righteous will live by faith. You see, the reason Rahab's life was changed was not because she suddenly became a better person. 
The reason Rahab's life was changed was because she suddenly put her faith in God. And there is a righteousness that comes from God that is received by us by faith. And it was that moment of faith that made all the difference in her life and in her future. Now what would be the sign that she had this true faith? What would be the sign that would identify her as this lady who had faith in this God of Israel? We don't have time to read it, but if you go back to chapter 2 sometime, verses 12 through 21 paints the picture that before the spies left her home, the spies gave this report. Listen, here's what we're going to do. If you'll hang or tie a scarlet rope from your window and let it fall down over the wall. If you'll hang that rope out your window, that scarlet or red rope will identify you. And when we come to attack the city, we will spare you God's judgment. You and everybody who lives in your home, because of your faith in the living God that is identified by that scarlet or red rope. Can I remind you today that the blood of Jesus Christ, the red blood of Jesus Christ, is the thing that we put our faith in, right? That's the thing that identifies us. That is the thing that gives us hope. You see, it was that red rope that identified her. That's not what saved her, but that's what identified her. That her faith was in the living God. The thing that identifies us today is our faith in Christ that He died on the cross for our sin. That He died in our place. And our faith in the blood of Jesus is what provides us with our salvation and our eternal security. So I want to summarize it all like this. Rahab was rescued from destruction because of God's grace. And she was accepted into God's family because of her faith. Maybe I can illustrate it for you this way. Grace was God's people showing up at her door. They could have gone to any door. They could have gone to any house. Grace is God's people showing up at her door. That's grace. Faith is Rahab inviting them in. Faith is when, when you recognize that there is an opportunity here and you invite God into your life. The Bible summarizes it this way, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. When I was 11 years old, Clifton View Baptist Church God in His grace came knocking. And I had put that decision off Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And to this day, I cannot explain why. But when I was 11 years old, on that Sunday morning, and God came knocking... God in His grace one more time gave me an opportunity I did not deserve. 
And that day, I invited him in. And I experienced unexpected grace. A grace I did not deserve. And he offered to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins. And he changed my life and my eternal destiny because of unexpected grace. You see, God's people showed up at Rahab's house one day partly because she needed them to, and I believe partly because God wanted to demonstrate to everybody else after Rahab, nobody is outside the reach of my grace. Nobody has a label that is so bad that God will turn away from them. Nobody. And a Rahab would say, I can bear witness. There is unexpected grace in God. Would you bow your heads with me? Just love the story of how Rahab was rescued from destruction by God's grace. And how she was accepted into God's family by her faith. There is a righteousness that comes from God, a righteousness that comes from above. But it is a righteousness we receive, the Bible says, by faith. Today I'm going to give you an opportunity to experience what Rahab experienced. I'm going to give you an opportunity to experience God's unexpected grace. In just a moment, we're going to stand and sing a song. And it's going to be your opportunity to open your heart to the Lord Jesus. It's going to be your opportunity to declare your faith. That Christ died on the cross in your place. And today you're asking Him to forgive you of all of your sins. To give you a new label. Forgiven. Washed. Loved. And the Bible says to every person here and every person watching online, He wants you to have that new label. He wants you to have a new life. But you have to receive it by faith. In His grace, He offers it to everyone. But you have to receive it by faith. You do that right where you are. Do that right here today in the sanctuary or those watching online. Do it wherever you're watching. Asking Christ to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life, to invite Him into your life, and to surrender your life to Him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I trust that You would help folks understand through the power of the Holy Spirit, Your unexpected grace. Undeserved. But it's also undeniable when we put our faith in You. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.